But the Dallas Cowboys, the true best team in the NFC. We talk about that and so much more coming up next here on this episode of Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On NFL Podcast. We're your daily NFL podcast, and I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker. I am the host of Locked On Ravens, also one of the many NFL experts here on our network. We're free and available on all podcasting platforms. That includes over in video form on YouTube and audio form wherever you get your shows. So be sure to subscribe for free audio form, video form, wherever you get those shows. Today's episode of Locked On NFL is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash Locked On NFL. Use code all over case Locked On NFL for a first boss match up to $100. Again, free and available everywhere on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, so you can subscribe to us anywhere you get those shows. And we have a lot to talk about today. Is Week 14 was another crazy one. We got a lot of games to get into. First, starting with the Sunday night game, Landon McCool of Lockdown Cowboys will join us to talk about the Cowboys drubbing of Philadelphia at home, if they're starting to overtake the Eagles in the NFC East, and if they're the best team in the NFC in general. Then we'll talk with Chris Clark of Lockdown Chiefs about if the Chiefs are in trouble after another troubling loss of the Buffalo Bills that featured more controversy. Then we'll wrap it up with James Yarko of Locked On Bucks as we talk about the NFC South. It's a three-way tie in the NFC South right now, and while the teams aren't necessarily Super inspiring. I think it's very rare that we see a three-way tie for first place this late in the season. So really interesting storylines to get into. We bring you the biggest storylines each and every week here on this channel. So without any further ado, let's first get into our conversation with Landon McCool of Locked On Cowboys. Well, the Dallas Cowboys and Philadelphia Eagles matched up in a divisional rivalry in week 14. And it's safe to say that uh, Dallas got the better of Philly <laughs> in this one. A blowout win, 20 points, 33 to 13. Here to talk about the domination that we witnessed on Sunday night and more Cowboys is Landon McCool, one of the hosts of Locked On Cowboys. And Landon, this, this was a display of what this Dallas team can be. They've looked great over the course of this five-game win streak. I know it was not a... Great start to the year for Dak Prescott, but he has bounced back in a huge way. But starting with the game, I mean, the Cowboys shut down Jalen Hurts and this Eagles offense. They put up 30-plus themselves. How did they dominate this game? Yeah, I mean, I think it was kind of a similar game in a lot of ways to what we saw them play uh, earlier, except I think the difference is that the ball bounced their way. You know, they they played the Eagles earlier in Philadelphia, and I felt like they were the better of the two teams and maybe even had a, a more dominant offensive performance in that first one. Um, but they that, you know, they and they forced three fumbles uh, on on the Eagles and and they didn't get any of those three fumbles. Now, fast forward to now, they forced three more fumbles and they recovered all three. And I think that that was kind of indicative of the kind of day that the Cowboys had on defense. And then I think especially in the first half, the Eagles just had no answer for the Cowboys offense. Uh, they, they were able to get almost 100 yards rushing. Uh, they had no answer for CeeDee Lamb. 
Uh, Dak was was just you know throwing the ball all over the yard. Uh, I think they, if I'm not mistaken, in their first four possessions, they went touchdown, touchdown, field goal, touchdown. So, uh, and and I think at that point, you know, the Eagles had some uh, some better luck in the third quarter. The Cowboys are notoriously, I don't know what is what the problem is with the third quarter, but they struggle with it. Uh, but but I think the lead was too much. You know, it was never. I think it was never out of hand, and and, and the Cowboys, uh, you know, were in control of this from start to finish. And I know that again, Dallas has been great at home. They're undefeated, seven and zero right now. And for a seven and zero team at home, they're actually the, the, them and Miami are the two. But Miami only has five wins at home compared to Dallas is seven. There's still a shot. I mean, look, Dallas, San Francisco, and Philadelphia are all now ten and three in the NFC. Any three of those teams could get the number one seed. How good of a shot does Dallas have based off the of schedule remaining and how you're feeling about them right now? Uh, it's it's tough. You know, I mean, I think as, even though the, the all three tied at 10 and three, Dallas has by far the most difficult road to get there, right? They, they first of all, the schedule they face is going to be incredibly difficult. They got to go at Buffalo next week. Then they play at Miami. Uh, then they play uh, uh, Detroit. Uh, but, uh, you know, so three playoff teams and one of them that is a conference rival. Right. And then they play Washington on, on the road, which, you know, that may may be a meaningless game. But even if, it, if it's a meaningful game, it's a tough place to play that the Cowboys struggled on that field. You just never know what's going to happen in a Washington game. Uh, so it's just not an easy schedule. Meanwhile, the, the uh, Eagles, we just talked about it before the show play the the easiest schedules by strength of schedule the rest of the way uh i think san francisco has has a little bit more difficult schedule but they also uh have the the head-to-head record uh win over the cowboys so the cowboys have to beat them by a win so you know it's it's definitely of the three teams in the top of the nfc uh the, the cowboys i would say have the most difficult path to get to the one seed it almost reminds me a couple of years ago of when Kansas City and the Chargers were kind of duking it out for the AFC West yeah. title and the Chargers were the five seed at like, I think it was 12 and four that year and Kansas City was 13 and three. Could be a similar situation. I think it will be for the NFC East here. Even if Philly wins the division, Landon, and you're looking at them being either the two or the one and Dallas is the five. Right now, do you think that Dallas is a better team than Philadelphia based off of these two head-to-heads and just how you're feeling off of this win streak? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I thought that they were – I honestly felt really good after that Eagles loss, to be honest, because I just, we just didn't know how this Cowboys team was. I and mean, It was a fair criticism. They had beaten up on a lot of really good teams, which I think is an important sign, and I think is a sign – you know, good teams – uh, cover great teams uh good teams win great teams cover you know and the cowboys were good at, at winning the spread and, and beating expectations and i think that eagles game on the road when everything didn't bounce their way and to only lose by five points i think at the time i it gave me at least as a fan the level of confidence that this team was going to get where they needed to go and the offense has only gotten better since then the defense has bounced back in a major way now there are a ton of injuries that happened tonight. Some of them seem uh, like Knicks. Some of them seem more serious. We got to check on that. But coming out of this game, uh, I, I feel confident that the Cowboys and the, the 49ers are, are the two best teams in the NFC. And now you said you think Dallas is better than Philadelphia. So now let's get to the other team that we mentioned earlier, San Francisco. A lot of people view San Francisco as the best team in the NFL, not just the NFC right now. But if these two teams, again, we, we, Saw them face off earlier. It did not go Dallas's way. If these two teams were to, yeah, putting it lightly, if those two teams were to rematch, let's say NFC Championship or the divisional round, 
How much more confident do you feel in Dallas now than then? I'm assuming a lot since that game was just a bloodbath for Dallas. I mean, look, you know, the, the Cowboys haven't been in the Super Bowl in a long time. And and I, I don't know. I just am, am, am of the feeling that as a Cowboys fan who was alive during the 90s, I'm used to the most difficult game in in, in the playoffs being the NFC uh, NFC championship. And and frankly, I'm used to it being the the against the San Francisco 49ers. So uh, I, you know, I don't think, I don't know how confident I feel, but I know that if the Cowboys want to win the Super Bowl, they got to beat the 49ers and it's probably going to have to be in San Francisco. So, you know, there's no reason to really whine about it or, or, or feel confident in one way or another. Uh, somebody's, you know, they're not unbeatable. Uh, I, I do think that the Cowboys have the team that can beat them, have a team that can beat them. Um, so you just have to go in there and, and find a way and, and hope the ball bounces your way and make more plays than they, they do. And something now, obviously, there's a month left in the season. Playoffs is what's on the mind and obviously getting the highest seed you can. But what else do you want to see from Dallas in this last month that would maybe give you a little more confidence than you already have? Yeah, look, I mean, even if, you know, the opportunity to, to get the number one seed or even win the NFC East doesn't pan out. I mean, that there's a lot of things outside the Cowboys control uh, to kind of determine that at this point, right? To go to Buffalo and to go into Miami to me is the next step, right? And to win one or both of those games. I think you, you really just look, it's been a, a progression for the Cowboys, right? Showing they belong, showing they can beat good teams. Now it's about winning against good teams on the road, against playoff teams on the road, because that's what you're gonna have to do in the playoffs, right? So so this if you know you can complain about the strength of schedule or the, the schedule the Cowboys have to play at the end of the season all you want. But really, it's an incredible training opportunity for the Cowboys to get themselves right for what is going to be the inevitability when they get into the playoffs. Landon, given that Cowboys insight, and of course, more on Landon, check him out over the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up in the second part of the show, I'll be talking with Chris Clark of Locked On Chiefs. The Chiefs dropped eight and five. Are they in trouble? We'll give you that answer coming up next on Locked On NFL. First, this episode is brought to you by DoorDash, and I'm a big food guy, personally, and sometimes when I'm watching a game, the game goes to timeout, maybe the game goes to halftime, I, I want to get some food, but there's nothing there for me to eat, and that's when I know it's time to order in with DoorDash, and with DoorDash, they have whatever you need, why root for your team on an empty stomach? Sometimes, maybe you want the game day package, so that's pizza, wings, sodas, burgers, even just buns on DoorDash, you can get that all delivered without missing the game, or if you're a snacks person, I'm a big snack guy personally you can get the chips dips nachos or everything you need to make your own nachos on doordash and there are a lot of options everywhere in the baltimore area a few of my favorites underground pizza for pizza sushi you get sushi hana here so there are a lot of options plus you can get 50 percent off up to 10 dollars buy when you spend 15 dollars or more on your first order when you download the doordash app and enter code lock 23 separate chains terms apply and you can get prepared before game day stock up on your favorite appetizers and order all your tailgate gear on doordash to get ready to watch your team win again 50 percent off up to 10 dollars buy when you spend 15 dollars more on your first order when you download the doordash app and enter code lock 23 separate to change terms apply one more time don't forget use that code lock 23 50 percent off of the 10 dollars buy when your first order when you download the doordash app and spend 15 dollars or more subject to change terms apply we're back our second seminal locked on nfl kevin all still rocking out with you here on this monday after week 14 sunday nfl action we just talked with landon mccool of locked on cowboys let's flip the script go to a different conference and talk about the kansas city chiefs who fall to eight and five with that loss of the buffalo bills we'll talk about if the kansas city chiefs are in trouble with chris clark of locked on chiefs now 
The Kansas City Chiefs suffer another defeat this time to the Buffalo Bills, a last-second loss for them as they tried to mount a comeback, but it fell just short. Here to talk about that with me is Chris Clark, one of the hosts of Locked On Chiefs. And, Chris, it was a heartbreaking game for the Chiefs, especially after what happened last week against the Packers. The Chiefs fall, and they're slowly slipping away from that number one seed in the AFC. There's a lot of controversy in this one, especially late. But for you, do you feel like there's a sense of – trouble brewing Kansas City right now we see Patrick Mahomes get animated late at the referees obviously the Kadarius Tony offsides penalty what, what's going on right now with the Chiefs they're beating themselves uh long and short of it is it's real simple they beat themselves just about every single time that they lose uh turnovers have been killing them this year they're negative seven on the year I think uh although it could be maybe negative eight after the turnover by Rice late in the game so uh, you know, that's that's a big problem. Uh, they keep getting penalties when you can't get penalties. It's It causes them to be issues. One of the things that I said in the Locked on Chiefs after the show was in their three losses, I can remember them going fourth and 25, fourth and 25, and fourth and 15 uh, at the end of the game trying to, trying to come back and have a chance to win. And if you consistently do that, you're not going to win. You, you cannot put yourself in a situation where you have more than – you know, fourth and five, fourth and six is probably where you want to be if you're going to be going for it on fourth down. But to get no yards and be, you know, five to 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage, the normal line of scrimmage on fourth down when you're trying to win it late, you can't do that. I mean, and they put themselves in bad situations time and time again. Was there, at least for you, any sense of them finding something later in the game when they're mounting the comeback? I mean, at this point, a win is a win is a lot and a loss is a loss. You got to go one and know every single week. The chiefs didn't do it, but was there anything positive you could take out of the way the game started for the chiefs and then how they ended up finishing it outside of the loss? I think that, and I know a lot of people are going to hate me saying this, but I think that could, what I saw from Kadarius Tony was encouraging. Uh, obviously the penalty kills, killed him, And uh, you can get into a whole question, whether it should have been called and, and, you know, missed calls by the referees, uh, the play right after that Von Miller was offsides and it wasn't called. So uh, lots of different things you can get into when it comes to the refs. But what we saw from Kadarius Tony was he got involved in the offense early and they got him involved, not only as a wide receiver, but out of the backfield. Uh, he's a guy that they need to have contributions from. Uh, and if he can do that, then I think they're going to be in better shape. So that's going to be something to watch going forward. Uh, you see Rasheed Rice continue to seem like he's getting better week in and week out. Uh, he put one on the on the ground this week, and that hurts. But at the same time, they didn't allow any uh, points off the turnovers. The defense stepped up after allowing 14 early points uh, and really held Buffalo late uh, for the rest of the game for the most part. So I think you got to feel pretty good about it from that aspect. It's just it's rough to watch this team right now. And I think they will have some opportunities. I mean, the, at the end of your schedule, these last four weeks, Patriots, Raiders, Bengals, and Chargers, there is a world. I mean, the Chiefs are still a good football team. They go 4-0 there, and they get back on track potentially. I mean, yeah, you can say that, but they should have won this game. They should have won the Packers game. I mean, there's lots of should-haves that go into this thing. And, I'm, and you know, obviously they are a better football team than the, the Patriots that they face this next coming week. Is that going to matter? Well, we'll see. Uh, they find ways to beat themselves, and that's the biggest problem right now. The the one thing I will say, and the one caveat is that if they can find a way to get out from beating themselves, I think that they're going to cause trouble in the playoffs, regardless of whether or not they're playing at home, which will be something different for Patrick Mahomes in his career. Yeah, and, and that's it's a big storyline depending on where they finish. They're an eight and five football team right now. Denver is hot on their trail. It, it's seven and six. 
there's a world where potentially they can lose the AFC West to Denver. They're going to have to not beat themselves, but how do they start? How do they start not making these late game mistakes, having these late game penalties and just going out there and winning a game because they didn't do that. I wish I had a better answer for you. I wish I had a great answer for how they could start doing it. They just have to do it. Uh, at this point, there is no uh, time left. I mean, you have to treat every game like it's a must win game and going forward, it really is because you cannot lose any more games. Uh, you're absolutely right. Denver could overtake them. I think it's unlikely uh, with the Chiefs rest of the schedule and just the fact that I think that Denver has a couple more losses in the conference, uh, but it could come down to divisional uh, divisional wins. So uh, Chiefs beat the Raiders uh, both times. They beat the, the uh, Chargers once. They beat the Broncos once. They lost the Broncos once. Now they have a situation where they are facing uh, – I'm sorry, they play the Raiders again. They beat the Raiders once already. Now they have a situation where they could be playing Easton Stick in the last game of the season. So we'll see how that ends up. And yeah, I mean, Kansas City right now, Chris, do you sense that for their potentially being in trouble here, moving down the AFC conference standings, do you feel confident right now in them as a team as a whole? You talked about the self-inflicted mistakes. You talked about, you know, you don't know how they're going to get ready. The defense has been better, but on offense, we've seen some inconsistencies. I see, I see you're shaking your head there. They have Pasha Mahomes. They have Travis Kelsey. But does this feel like a different Chiefs team to you than previous years? Oh, it's absolutely a different team. Uh, you have wide receivers that have regressed. MVS regressed from last year. Uh, I'm not saying he was great last year, but he's a lot worse than he was last year. Uh, you know, Sky Moore is taking a step back. Uh, you could argue Kadarius Tony is taking a step back at times, but uh, overall, I think that you look at this team and they still have the talent. They still have uh, their destiny in front of them. And I will say this. You have Patrick Mahomes. You have Travis Kelsey. Uh, can you get everything going together for three or four weeks? If you can, uh, you know, if you can win enough, if you can find a way to win these next four games, which I think they should be able to do, uh, should be able to beat the Patriots, should be able to beat the Raiders, should be able to beat the Bengals, although that's a much tougher game now with the way that Browning's playing. Uh, but then you also should be able to beat the, you know, the Chargers. You know, the big question is going to become is can you get on a roll going into the playoffs? If they get on a roll going into the playoffs, I don't think there's any team that's really going to want to play them. And I think part of the Chiefs and something that some people are discounting a little bit is the injury situation the Chiefs have gone through a little bit this year. They lost Nick Bolton for a while. He comes back. Obviously, Brian Cook, who I think was playing great football for him, he goes on injured reserve. Can you kind of talk about the injury situation and how it's impacted Kansas City this year? Yeah, it's been huge. Uh, you know, if they have Nick Bolton against the Packers, I think they probably – I don't know that they win the game, but I think it, it's really close to winning the game because Nick Bolton is a difference maker, especially when it comes to uh, stopping the run. So I think that – and that's not a shot at Tranquil, but Tranquil went out early in the Packers game, and they are playing a guy in Jack Cochran that's their third middle linebacker that has not gotten a lot of defensive snaps. And I think he did well, but uh, overall, it's it's a tough place to be in. Uh, you know, and you lose Drew Tranquil, and Drew Tranquil has been one of their best linebackers the entire season. He filled in Finnick Bolton, and he really didn't miss a beat. The problem is, is that when Bolton comes back in, he doesn't have Tranquil's speed. He doesn't have his, uh, you know, his passing defense ability and i think that really cost them in the bills game early and it could have probably changed the way things go uh and brian cook you know i think edwards played a great game tonight uh justin reed got hurt at times so Jamari connor got some more playing time as well i thought he played pretty well although we missed some assignments 
But Brian Cook, the big thing you're missing on the back end now is the speed. Uh, he, there's a play earlier in the season where they probably lose the game because the guy is off to the races and Cook is able to, you know, get him down and keep him to a field goal, I believe, on that specific drive. It's just huge. Edwards doesn't have that, and that's not a knock on him. He's a great safety, but it's a different person. And I agree with you. Cook has been uh, playing great. And then you look over on the opposite side of the ball. Pacheco wasn't there today. Uh, I, thought Clyde, I thought Clyde played well, but, you know, missing Pacheco in this game, I think he could have made some changes for this offense. I will say the one bright spot, though, you talk about injuries, and, and Donovan Smith missed today's game. I think if you go back and watch, I'll have to watch Wani Morris a little bit closer on my second watch, but I think that he played a pretty good game. And if Kansas City can find a diamond in the rough uh, coming out of this game, and Wani Morris is a guy that can be their left tackle of the future, that's a huge deal for Kansas City in the future. Yeah, and so to wrap it up here, Kansas City right now, as currently constructed, Chris, how far do you think they go in the playoffs right now? As currently constructed in the way they've been playing, they're going to be probably one and done. Um, Mahomes isn't. Mahomes can only do so much. And unless you have guys that are stepping up outside of Travis Kelsey and Rasheed Rice, it's going to be very hard for this team to, to win games. Pacheco can really help them if he can get healthy by the time the playoffs come around. But they, they need another offensive weapon to step up. We'll see what the Chiefs can do. It's a big month for them because things could slip in a hurry. But for more on Chris, check him out over at the Locked On Chiefs podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Still a lot to get to on the show. Don't miss our conversation with James Yarko of Locked On Bucks. We dive into the weird and wacky division that the NFC South is with that three-way tie. But the Bucks are on top of it. Stay tuned. We've got a lot coming up still. First, this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. And if you're looking for daily fantasy sports, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun so many people have had, winning up to 25 times the money this football season. All you have to do is select two or more players, pick more or less than those projected stats, and place your entry. And basketball season is here. It's in full swing. And you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. That's a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. And if you're a LeBron James fan, you can pick LeBron and Travis Kelsey to 10.5 combo three-pointers made plus receptions. If you want to play alongside some of Price Picks' favorite players like rapper Meat Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz, you can now find community players under the promos tab of the app to be entries from some of the biggest names in the Price Picks community each and every week. Price Picks even offers a really awesome reboot policy that their entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and has a return of the second, that player is rebooted. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. One more time, that's pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use code LockedOnNFL. For a first deposit match up to $100, Price Picks daily fantasy sports meetings. We're back rounding out locked on NFL. Kevin Ostriker, of course, still with you here. Thank you again so much for tuning in, making Locked On NFL your first listen each and every day. Be sure to subscribe in video form on YouTube, audio form, wherever you get your shows as well. Let's talk with James Arco of Locked On Bucks now. Is the Buccaneers, they beat the Atlanta Falcons in week 14. That puts them on top in the NFC South. But for how long? We'll talk with James now.
Well, we have a three-way tie for first place in the NFC South between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Atlanta Falcons, and New Orleans Saints. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get the job done on Sunday, defeating the Falcons and jumping into first place with tiebreakers. Going to talk about that with me and more is James Yarko, the host of Locked On Bucks. And James, let's start with the game itself first. It was a one-possession win for the Buccaneers. Did it without Mike Evans, essentially. Only one catch for eight yards. How'd Tampa get it done? Uh, it it was a roller coaster of a game, really. I mean, the Bucks, as bad as the offense was, it seemed like they had control up until there was a phantom defensive pass interference call on Zion McCollum, where he was making a play on the ball, nearly intercepted it on a third and seven. The refs throw the flag, and then all of a sudden, the Falcons go on a fifteen to three run to take a twenty five to twenty two lead, and somehow, some way, the Bucks are able to orchestrate a twelve play drive to get down the field. Baker Mayfield finds Kate Otten for what ended up being the game winning score. So it was it was definitely a defensive battle for both sides. You know, the Bucks defense was able to get off the field. The Falcons defense was the same way. So, you know, this was a game that the Buccaneers had to have. If they won this game, they had a 52% chance to make the playoffs. If they lost, it was down to 8%. So, you know, they're still sitting kind of with a coin flip here, but this was one that the Bucks absolutely had to have if they were going to have any shot at the postseason. Yeah, so can you kind of run through the tiebreaker scenarios Tampa has right now, plus with the rest of their schedule, those matchups are going to have to get some big wins in. Yeah, so you mentioned there's the three-way tie. Right now, taking a look at just the Bucks and the Falcons, because both of those have the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Saints. So the Bucks and the Falcons, both 6-7, and seven, both 3-1 and one in the division, one and one against one another. So the Bucks now have the advantage because of their record against common opponents. That's what it boils down to right now. Now, both the Bucks and the Falcons still have a game left against the Panthers and have a game left against the Saints. The Bucks also have to travel to Green Bay and get to take on the Jaguars, who look a little vulnerable right now at home, whereas the Falcons get to play the Colts and the Bears. So it's still a coin flip. I would say if you look at the schedule, the advantage leans a little bit towards Atlanta, but now they're battling some serious injuries on their offensive line. They have some injuries in the secondary. So although the schedule is a little more favorable for Atlanta, I would say really it's a coin flip between these two teams, and it's a matter of which of these two teams, if either, is going to blink in the divisional matchups because that looks like ultimately what it's going to boil down to is the record within the NFC South. Yeah. Let's say Tampa does one. Let's say they make the playoffs and, and they go up against the wild card teams, the division winner in the South. How confident are you in Baker Mayfield as a playoff quarterback for the Bucks? At the moment, uh, it, It has less to do with Baker, although he seems to have regressed over the course of the last four to six weeks. He he didn't turn the ball over against the Falcons, but he had been on a run where he had some pretty bad turnovers over the course of the last four or five games. So my, my confidence level has less to do with Baker himself as it does kind of the, the lack of, of progression we've seen in the offensive scheme on top of the injuries that they're dealing with. They did get Levante David back for the game against Atlanta, but you're still dealing with Devin White being sidelined. You're dealing with Chris Godwin having to battle through injuries. Baker Mayfield is, is fighting through an ankle injury. Tristan Wirfs is hurt. Vita Vea missed the game against the Falcons. 
And honestly, Todd Bowles doesn't really give Bucks fans a whole lot of confidence in his ability to get the defense ready. We saw them kind of implode against the Falcons after that defensive pass interference that I mentioned and give up two touchdowns to the Falcons and give up that lead. We saw them blow a lead against the Houston Texans. We've seen them struggle against a team like the Carolina Panthers, who Bryce Young has been less than impressive, and, and it's not all his fault. He's dealing with absolutely no weapons at all, a bad offensive line, and, and an absolute disaster dumpster fire of an organization. But uh, it, I think whatever team comes out of the South, whether it's the Bucks, whether it's the Falcons, whether it's the Saints, you're probably looking at a one-and-done situation because that team, although they get to host a playoff game, they're going to be facing either the Eagles or or the Cowboys, and that's a bad matchup for any of those NFC South teams. And obviously playoffs are the number one thing on Tampa's mind right now. But James, these last four weeks, what do you want to see from that that will maybe give you a little bit more confidence heading into a potential playoff run? Need to see more out of the defense, need to see more stops, and need some consistency out of the offense. They all season long, it's been ebbs and flows within every game. They start off Sunday with a field goal drive. Baker Mayfield wanted to go for it on fourth and two, kind of in that no man's land. Todd Bowles opted for the field goal. Chase McLaughlin nailed it. But then you see three and out, three and out, three and out, and then they score. And then three and out, three and out, three and out, and then they score. So they're consistent in their inability to put together sustained scoring drives, back-to-back -back possessions. They, it's constantly score and then multiple three and outs before they get it together and score again. So if the Bucs are going to have any shot at giving anybody confidence of, of being able to win a playoff game, you have to see them go out there and score two, three, four drives in a row before you can say, all right, it looks like Dave Canales and Baker Mayfield have this offense rolling to the point that they can continue to give an opposing team trouble. But against the Eagles defense, against the Cowboys defense, I see a whole heck of a lot more three and outs than I do scoring drives. James gives great Tampa Bay Buccaneers tidbits there. He knows his stuff. And check out James over the Locked on Bucks podcast, part of Locked on Podcast Network your team every day. So I have you here today though on Lockdown NFL. Thank you so much for tuning in to the show. Coming up tomorrow, more NFL content with your Tuesday host. Hope you should have stayed tuned for that. We'll see you right back here tomorrow on Lockdown NFL.